welcome to a special bonus episode of Conversation Street. I'm Gemma. I'm Michael. Michael's not going to talk. I'm very not going to talk today because my voice is gone. Yep. I'm much better now than I was the other day. But okay, yeah, I'm definitely rocking my Phyllis Pierce here. Yep, um, you don't need to say anymore. I, no, no, I want to. I want to do this because it's really exciting awards nominations podcast. I love doing this one every year for the Conversation Street Awards. I want to get the awards out there so people can get voted. And I, yeah, like yesterday I couldn't talk at all, so this is an improvement. We've got our school Christmas stuff going on at the moment, and I was leading the singing assembly, and that just <coughs> finished me off because I had a sore throat over the weekend. Singing assembly, no, I'm gone. So, right. That's that's why I sound like this today, but it's not going to stop me. But Gemma might stop me by giving me a little shove if I'm talking too much. Well, I don't really care, but it's not pleasant to listen to. It is. It's husky and sexy. You think you sound like Deirdre? Yeah. They can do something. Can do something. No, I I feel as pierced this is, isn't it? Oh, Percy. Okay. It's great. It's fine. Right, so what we're doing today is we're talking about the Conversation Street Awards 2022. So this is where we come up with our shortlist based on... What great stuff has happened in Coronation Street in this year? We'll give you everybody five options to pick from for each category, and you have to decide what you think, who or who you think is the best. So by and the t- oh, go, how t- <laughs> sorry, you go on. I just can't. No, you please I can't do continue. Quiet. No, I was going to say. So what you need to do is once you've heard all this, or before, I suppose, is get on our social media, get on our website, have a look at the the notes to this podcast, and go and vote. Cast your vote. You want to get hundreds of people voting. And you got like a couple of weeks or so, and then around New Year, we will be doing our awards show, <coughs> which remember is mostly voted for by you, but one third of the votes comes from us because we're yeah. in charge. We get a sixth of the vote each, don't we? We do, but we don't find out what you voted for until and we, we don't cast find our out votes. what we voted for. I don't find out what you voted no. for, and you don't find out what I voted so for. So it's all anonymous, you. yeah, and that's the way we like it, so that nobody's fault. Yeah. When, uh, when Barnum wins. Okay. Um, they're <laughs> not in it anymore. Okay, so these are the categories and the nominees. I felt like Philip Schofield. This is very exciting stuff. I mean, it was as it's always very, very difficult to put these nominations together. I always have a document that's kind of running through the year with my with my ideas. Some of the categories, I suppose, filled up pretty easily, but there were some, weren't there, that over the weekend we were saying, oh, can we put this it one in and take that of... one out? There was a lot of to and fro in, and I know that some people are going to be annoyed because we haven't put so-and-so or this or that in the shortlist. It's always because it's our Conversation Street Awards. It's always kind of led partly by by what we like. The thing is, this is not... There's there's countless awards, and each award is its own different thing. This is not the Soap Awards. This This is our podcast awards, so we decide. And if you don't like it, you're perfectly welcome to do your own and we'll vote in oh, that no, too oh yeah, yeah we can do that but everybody can have their own we, we their have included we have included some characters that we think deserve to be there rather than ones that um we would choose to be there you'll see who we mean when i don't we get know what there. you mean but um <laughs> you know let's get on with it so the first category is the a up award that is for the best newcomer award and there's some good ones this year we've got dd bailey glenda shuttleworth aaron sanford fern linden Griff Reynolds, that's mm-hmm. right, naughty one in there, but there are very significant new characters that we thought we had to include. 
um, for the impact that they've made. Yeah, well, there was a, a couple of... It was a funny year this year, because as the year was going on, I was thinking, that we haven't really got any big new characters this year. I think out of, you know, the big name characters that have started this year in 2022, you've got Dee Dee, Glenda, and I guess Aaron, although Aaron was a bit of a stealth one. I didn't kind of... It took me a little while to realise, oh, he's staying, is he? The, the, when I re- the, the moment I realised that he was a very fairly significant person in the show was when I saw him at the Soap Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there on the red carpet with everyone, wasn't he? So I was he? like, okay, this guy there investing a I, bit into this character. I can't remember because... who we were talking about. One of the other cast members. Oh, is, is he? Is he a main character? Is he? And I was, yeah, yeah, he is. Because he sometimes it, has been. somebody will be introduced as, as sort of a, a fairly minor throwaway character, like Frank, for example. Yeah, Frank and Lawrence. Sean's the... boyfriend, so... Yeah, you, um, you never can tell with the boyfriend-girlfriend characters no. whether to, we need to invest in them or not. I mean, it looks like Aaron is here for the foreseeable. Yep, so, so I think... So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just just to remind everybody, so we've got Glenda... You want to go over everything? Well, yeah, otherwise it's going to okay. be over before you well, know Glenda it. Well, Glenda is obviously George's sister. She's a singer. She's a b- brassy, bold, red-headed kind of sometimes uh, yeah, we've barmaid. We've had her for like three or four months now, haven't we? Jodie Pranger played her and she's certainly made plays a big... Her. Im- plays her. Yeah, she's still in it. Made a big, big impact um, on the show. Loads of people absolutely love her and kind of the... The, the the vibrancy and like you said the brassiness that she brings strong to the show strong contender very classic I Corey. think so I think so and I think she she fits very very well behind the bar at the Rovers as well probably nice, what nice to get another member of the Shuttleworth family as well probably the biggest new addition to the cast this year is Dee Dee Bailey just because she has been foretold we've been, <laughs> we've waiting, been waiting many many years a for long Dee Dee time Bailey. for Dee Dee to turn up yeah she is um, a lawyer she is part of the Bailey family, and she is up to all kinds of stuff with Alia at the moment. Yeah, I like Glenda, although she's been a big character. She's still not had a big mega she story, story yet, has she? But yeah. she's there, and I think, um, yeah, lots of Looking people that, have got some big, big opinions on her. It's very, very nice to be able to meet Shanique um, Sterling Brown, who yep. plays her when we went to the, uh, the studios earlier yeah, this we, year as yeah, well. Yeah, we got to see her before she appeared on screen. That was very special, so she's a very important character to the show. Aaron, of course, Summer's boyfriend, long-suffering, even though he's only been going out with her for a few months. <laughs> it doesn't um, take long. Uh, poor poor child. I don't really know what else to say about him. He's very handsome and tall. Yeah. And I'm sure that will win him votes, won't it? Oh, I'm sure it will do. Um, uh, we've Fern got... Linden, who's, yeah. uh, who's the doppelganger of Bernie. So um, she's obviously played by um, Gabrielle Glaister, who originally played Debs Brownlow on Coronation Street. And I just remember all the reports that came out beforehand saying, oh, they're bringing back <coughs> Debs Brownlow. Why on earth would they be doing that? But no, she's playing a different character, um, a villain. So it might not be the last that we hear from her in these award nominations. And uh, I think as a, as a bit of a silly story, which it was, she was also quite a fun character, how kind of plummy and posh she was in contrast to Bernie's uh, chaviness. Yeah, so she's not the only villain we've got on the shortlist because you've also got Griff. Now, remember, a vote does not equal an endorsement of their character as a person, but more the significance that they've brought to the show. And you can't argue against Griff as far as significant impact has because he's been meddling around with poor Max and getting up to all kinds of 
evil yeah, racist shit. He flew under the radar for quite a bit as well, didn't he? Because for <laughs> a few months he was just, you know, that guy that Spider hang around with and then he kind of chatted with Peter for a little bit. But in the last couple of months he's really exploded as one of the big yeah. bads for the end of the year. So yeah, um, yeah some great I mean, contenders there. Other cat- in, in previous years we've had Pat Phelan, for example. Yeah, yeah. The, character, the evil character. So um, it's not unprecedented to have a couple of villains in that category. Absolutely not. Top Lad Award, that's our best male character of the year. We've got some nice ones in here, haven't we? Like Imran. Dead Imran. Dead R.I.P. Lovely picture of him we've selected. This is um, quite probably his last opportunity to get another Conversation Street Award, so Imran yeah. fans get voting. We've also got Spider Nugent, so... I don't think everyone's going to have Shag Toya on this list, but at least two have. The next one wanted to when he was a teenager. Yes, we've also got Tyrone Dobbs, and then we've got Gary Windass and Tim Metcalf. Now, Tim, obviously, quite a popular Whoa. character. Um, are you going to make me read out him as a winner on the show? Do you think that would be quite funny? Then I guess you better vote for, for him if you think he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to put Tim on the end because he has been a fairly significant character. That that mm. storyline with him being having sexy sexy time or sort of lack, fail, of. lack of sexy sexy time with Sally Garrett was running for quite a lot of the year and obviously there was the heart bypass story you know towards mm. you know, January February March kind of time been, as well he's so he's been a fairly constant two quite presence quite big stories yeah. for his own personal character like all the stuff with Steve going on at the moment and, and I know he is a really really loved character so I thought it was um, very fitting for him to be included on the nominations and Gary as well <coughs> um, I mean obviously tied up with the, uh, Kelly's exit story in the early autumn time he's a really solid choice really Mikey really North, lovely guy love Mikey North <laughs> and um, yeah has he got away with his crimes again I think yes, he has, hasn't like it? Yeah. Maybe for Nobody good. cares anymore. And we've also got Tyrone Dobbs, the dirty dog. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, he's been in. He's one of the few stories. characters that Gemma and I are like polar opposites in our opinions. Yeah, on, there's two people they? on this list that if they weren't, I'd be actually quite annoyed. <laughs> you and... cannot deny the impact that Tyrone has had on Coronation Street in the last few years. Well, though, he's had because his. Because of the affair story. He's had his little. Um, a rivalry with Phil, which has been very enjoyable to watch, and now he is it's... all set for a lovely Christmas Day surprise wedding. What could go wrong? Nothing. I absolutely adore the character of Tyrone, and um, I'm really <laughs> pleased how much um, he's come into the fore in the programme because there were quite a few years that he and Fizz were very much background characters. But Alan Hulsell is a cracking actor, and um, yeah, I've just loved watching him this year. Really strong contender. So, Spider Nugent. A blast from the past. We are very intrigued to know what he would get up to when, when on his return to the street. Eco warrior or undercover cop? Bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah. Still a bit of mystery going on. Where as the, as of the time of recording, like. He he. We've known that he's been an undercover cop for a while now, but we've still not really got under the skin or got under to the nitty gritty of you know what's what turned him into a policeman. What's we've, really we've going on there? We've had a few hints. I'm really. I think this is one of the things that Coronation Street likes to do, where they they just give give you some broad strokes. Yeah. Because they know that later on they're going to fill in some more of the backstory, and they don't want to paint themselves into a corner if they come up with some new different mm. direction for the character so um spider nugent uh he's a re- I, real I, for classic, me he's just a, yeah he is he's a classic he's a really really likable character as I well for me people are fi- finding um his change into being a undercover policeman quite interesting some people not really buying it or thinking it sounds a bit like he's sold out mm. to the man <laughs> but um we'll we'll find I'm out i'm sure it will all come what out you think when yeah, we get yeah, I, I, I very much like uh, a spider. 
and yeah. uh, almost a suitable, uh, yeah, a, a good replacement for Imran. Although, can, can you really can you really replace him? We couldn't not We're put Imran. We're staring at his very wonderful smiling face on our yeah pre- preview of the of the award voting page here. And uh, how could you not? He's only been in half the year, but he was certainly um, dominating our and screens course, for those first five months. His last opportunity to appear on. On top lad, so mm. are you going to give him the sympathy vote? Here's my question. Who's Georgia Taylor going to vote for? Oh, if yeah. indeed she does. <laughs> it's completely anonymous. We don't track your IP addresses, so just... Just so you know. I think, I mean, Imran was a majorly popular character. A lot of people very upset Shock at that. Death. The fact that he not only left the programme, but yeah, was, was killed off. He ain't coming back. And also, he was involved in one of the biggest storylines of the year, which was yeah. the, the baby Abby um, custody battle. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And a then the mystery major player in of, Coronation of Street in 2022. Truly happened. Yeah. He died. Really tough choices Turned there. Out she just drove into a wall. Although I do know who I'm going to vote for. Um, up next, we have got the Top <clears throat> Lass Award for Best Female Character. Gemma, who have we got this year on our nominations Ooh, list? We've got some cracking lasses, haven't we? we we've do. got Abby Webster, we've got Sally Metcalf, we've got Toya Habib, we've got Summer Spellman, and we've got Kelly Nealon. Now, are we going to get an influx of Doctor Who fans voting Ooh, for I Kelly? Wonder. Because she's going to be the new companion. Possibly. I mean, she's, she's done a bit of filming, hasn't she? She has started, she has moved over to the Beeb. But um, yeah, so uh, this is a last chance to get a Coronation Street theme award. Absolutely fantastic actress, and so oh, I'm Millie. not surprised at all that she's been snapped up. Yeah, Millie. Um, and so, so young, I can't believe she only turned eighteen. I this really, year. honestly, can't believe it. Sometimes when I when I uh, put into perspective how young she is, so talented. It's not fair. But um, <laughs> her exit storyline was explosive. I loved the stuff with her and her mum earlier in the year. She just, every opportunity she was given, she grasped it with two hands to show what a fantastic actress. And yeah. also um, Kelly Nealon, uh, very interesting, uh, the way that the exit played out with her and uh, taking revenge on Gary and mm. um, proving herself to be her her father's daughter yeah and all the romance with Ardy I thought was so cute even though I knew as I was watching it that it was doomed <laughs> because we'd seen we'd seen uh, uh, little previews of what was going to be happening in the autumn but um yeah a huge huge character for, for 2022 really strong actress I'm really sad that Corrie's losing her but um you know Corrie's loss is uh, Doctor Who's gain I hope can't oh, wait both, to so see what um, what's what's her character going to be called? Ruby Sunday. Ruby Sunday is going to be like in a couple of years' time. So Summer Spellman. Now this is your chance, Summer fans, to to put your um yourself on the line here and vote for Summer. She's certainly um what's the word? Uh, controversial. I don't know. She has been a big presence in Coronation Street. She is a younger character, so she's got that potential to appeal to the demographic. Who's more likely to know how to use social media and vote for her? So there's something in her favour. Um, Harriet Bibby, I think, is doing a good job with what she's being given here. And um, I'm just interested to see how many votes she gets because um, the storyline, I think, they've given... They, I don't really know what to say about that her, really. We, we've not always been the most positive mm, yeah. about her on the podcast, but the amount that she has featured in 2022... She's worked really wrong hard. ...not to include her on this list. And, and honestly, it is giving an opportunity for the Summer Spellman fans to show their support for yeah, her. Yeah, and her, and her storyline has been a very major one for, for Corey, especially coming into Christmas and... Yeah, yeah, she's so got the baby stuff, about the exam stuff with the cheating... Yeah, she's a really interesting... She's Huge. probably one of the biggest developed um, teen characters this year so there you, there you go yeah, 
all of the stuff with the uh, the diabetes and the insulin. <laughs> she she has she has um, dominated twenty twenty two. So definitely deserves a place in the shortlist. I think. Yeah, and also she's definitely going to get at least three votes from her gay dads. So. Yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah. Next one we got Toya Habib. Of course, we had to have our lovely Toya on there because. I think she's actually been a very significant character and also George Taylor is an excellent actress who has worked hard in the Abbey Baby drama, mm. um, been given lots of uh, sad, tough scenes to Yeah, to those play trial out. scenes. Stunts. Short as they were. Yes, there has been, yeah. He, he, I, I've, you know, we've been we're massive Toy fans and um, and uh, and Georgia Taylor is a, is a friend of the show as well, so we were really pleased to hear that she was going to get have a bit more juicy material to sink her acting teeth into she's, this she's year. She's done a fantastic Now, I can't say at the beginning of the year if you'd have explained given. this is what she's going to do, that I'd be going, yes, that's <laughs> exactly the direction that I wanted for the character. But I still think that because of the, the important part that she's played in some of the major stories in this year, she's absolutely deserving of a slot here. I think I think she's she's a great, great character. Great character, great actress, um, really intriguing storylines this year. And she's done a fantastic job in making them really impactful and um, gripping to watch, I think. She's a fab actress. She, 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 yeah, she's, she's amazing. And all the stuff with Spider as well, of course. I know, yeah, her new love. Again, controversial. Mm, yeah. About, you're moving on from Imran a little bit quickly. Wow. But, yeah, the 90s fanboy in me. Is it moving on me. or is it moving back? <laughs> the 90s fanboy in me is just going, oh, every time I see them together. Although, yeah, not, not on the best terms <laughs> at the moment, what with her thinking that he's a massive racist. Yeah, Sally Metcalf, she is our, um, Another choice. She's our, our vintage top. pick of the week. Oh, is that is that the right word? Well, she's to use? actually. She's been in the show for a while. I was gonna say she's not. She's not a vintage actress, but the character is one of the longest serving on Coronation Street, still left in the show. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you know, she when Sally first appeared in the show, she was uh, doing scenes with Hilda Ogden. That's mm, how classic. That's how long Sally. she's been in it. <clears throat> and that's how classic Sally is. And this year, she's she's had some very interesting stories with Tim. <clears throat> Which I think have gone into new territory for Coronation Street. That's for sure. But it's shining a light on you know what goes on behind closed bedroom doors for older couple, you know, middle aged couples, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, the sort of worry and um, difficult difficulty with medical issues and things like that. So you know what kind of medical issues we mean. Her and Tim has been great, and I think that um, she's a fantastic actress. Yeah. Also, the paranoia with Aggie as well. Yes, the friends with um, not benefits, just, <laughs> yeah. just hanging out in book club friends. Also um, worth mentioning for Sally this year, I think, although it's not been a major storyline for sure, is the um, the friendship and supportive role that she's played in Faye's storyline as she's having to go through the, um, the early menopause. Um, yeah. And, and Sally's been a real support for that. But as well... Just, just fun and funny. She's, she's had this comedic role for quite a long time now, hasn't she? And, and she's um, definitely she can always be trusted to to knock it out of the park, in my not, opinion, in that in that sense. She's definitely not afraid to um, take on some kind of what's the word? You're not afraid to let the the audience laugh at. No, no, no. She's not Sally. afraid to make make a tit out of herself. So she, exactly. She dressing up in the nurse's uniform and all the sexy, you know, silly scenes with her and Tim. I think she's a very brave actress and. I appreciate her um, going that extra mile to make the character of Sally a really enjoyable one to watch yeah. this year. Finally, 
Um, Abby Webster, I'm going to say this is probably the favourite for winning this category. Abby has, but she hasn't been in the show. She's not been in the show for a very large part of the year, considering in the <clears> previous <throat> years people had said that there'd been too much Abby. I've not been saying that. It's just been the right amount when she's never <clears> been <throat> off our screens. More Abby. But yeah, in the, in, the la- <clears throat> in the last four or five months, we've seen very, very little of her. Now, I don't know whether that's going to count against her, but you're absolutely right. She's a very popular actress, popular character with yeah. lots of viewers. Um, and in the first half of the year, she had some major stories. I mean, all, all with the baby, the, the pregnancy lead. Well, the, there wasn't a pregnancy storyline. That's the thing, was mm-hmm. there? She just gave birth. Out in the middle of uh, very, out in the middle of the countryside. Very spectacular storyline. She did a really great job with very physically demanding uh, scripts yeah. there, and also, I think um, she has she's she was kind of the the one we were supposed to root for in the Imran versus Abby. I think so. Abby. So she was like the hero of that story, even though. Um, I think it was easy to sympathise with different people depending on mm. on your allegiances, but definitely one of the hero characters. Of, and of course, of brought Wendy Crozier back to the street. Yes, responsible indeed. for that. Yeah, if you yeah. Remember. So uh, there you go. Uh, those Very, are our that, classes. They, they are, and and there were so many. That was one of the most difficult ones to put together. I think we've got an awful lot of honourable mentions that we're not going to be mentioning because this is just for the people who are getting the nomination, but. Yeah, we had to think long and hard there about who we would and wouldn't be including. But uh, anyway, those are our five. So moving on, our next award is the Flamin' Nora Award for Best Redhead, which is not something that very many other um, award shows have, but we do because we're a silly one. And um, redheads have always had a very important place in the history of Coronation <coughs> Street. So Gemma, who are our Flaming Noras who are up for nomination this year? We've got a bevy of them, haven't we? We've got Gary Windass, Phil Whitaker, Fizz Stape, Glenda Shuttleworth and Jenny Connor. Indeed. Now, Jenny is our reigning champion. She is. I mean, is somebody going to knock Jenny Connor off here this year? I mean, what's uh, Jenny this year has been still great behind the bar of the Rovers. Her and Daisy are making a brilliant double act, I think. You can't get more significant than Landlady of the Rovers. No, no, no. When you're talking about characters and the hierarchy in the totem pole... You know what? She'd be the bottom. She's... Because that's how totem poles work, actually. Is the it? bottom one is the most important. Oh, well, there we go. And you can take that <laughs> fact and you can tell, bore other people with it today, if you like. So there haven't been any major, major stories revolving around Jenny, apart from, I guess, the Leo murder, which is sounds like it should be a huge story, but they seem to be just kind of putting that on simmer at the moment, aren't they? But all well, throughout that, kind of she's melange. been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, landlady of the Rover's return, you're always going to be an uh, important presence in Coronation Street. And as the reigning champion, absolutely got to be here for nomination. We absolutely love her. Mega favourite character of the podcast. Um, <coughs> will we be voting for her this year? Maybe you'll never know. Um, who else? Now Gl- we've got, what? Oh, I was going to say Glenda Shuttleworth. Controversial. At the moment, she's not actually a redhead, but she was. So that counts. It does count. And uh, she is, I think she's like a proto-Rita you know. Oh, you reckon? Well, she's she's a she's a redheaded. Um, oh yeah, crooner. Crooner, and uh, she likes to entertain. And she's got a big personality, warm heart. I think uh, she embodies a lot of the very positive um, traits that we like to associate with people with lovely red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, Fizz Stape. Now she's she's got the fiery side to her this year, hasn't she? She's been through the ringer a little bit. Yeah. 
And she's um, she's also been in love with more than one man, which is a very kind of... Been engaged to more than one. She's had a busy year. Uh, she's been busy, That's busy. the sort of thing I expect of a flame-haired beauty. <laughs> bouncing from man to man and breaking hearts along the way. <laughs> and Phil, now he is also a redhead. And um, he... <laughs> he was very, very, very popular, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely... Uh, lots of people are, are clamouring for him to return. And not just street. Jamie McKenna himself. Not just Jamie McKenna. Um, and he has been hilarious at his uh, rivalry with with Tyrone, but he's also been really great at pulling on the heartstrings too. Because you know, no matter what you think about Fizz and Tyrone or F- Phil and Fizz, it was heartbreaking to see how upset he was when he found out that she just didn't love him and yeah. she wants she didn't want to be. I with think him. a lot of people had a real soft spot for Phil, didn't yeah. they? And I uh, thought he was treated fairly badly alongside or by by Fizz and Tyrone. But I I. I that was a storyline where I just loved all three of them involving Fizz. I make no um, secrets of the fact that I absolutely adore the character of Fizz. I think she's amazing. And um, it's like I said with Tyrone, absolutely loved how um, big a role she's had in the show this year. Then we've got Gary Windass, who, you know, perennial favourite, Gary. Uh, what more can you say about him? He is heroic, but he's also slightly evil. <coughs> loved yeah. him with Kelly. Red for blood, yeah. the redhead. Um, and I also just love him just at the moment he's just like Maria's handbag <laughs> she takes the meetings and he just sits there and goes oh dear I don't like the sound of this but yeah Gary's got lots of fans um, oh yeah and I think uh, he he makes a good I, I think I think that me. Jenny has got some real stiff competition this year actually <laughs> I, 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 I love Jenny but I also think that all of these other nominees here have got their fans as well so we'll have to see how that one turns out <laughs> now we've got the wrong award for best villain. Oh, I love a good villain. Oh, we've had all kinds of villains this year. And we have. Some of them have had bigger roles than others. Yeah, I mean, as I was going through the year, I was thinking, who is the big bad this year? And I don't think that there really has been a huge bad along the lines of, you know, Pat Phelan or even like Ray Crosby, I suppose. But there have certainly been quite a few minor villains who've had their little stories to entertain us throughout the year in, in spits and spots. And um, so we thought, it's, I, I've, I've at the moment got really no idea who's going to be the winner for this one. No, we've got Lydia Chambers, Henry Thorne, Stephen Reed, Griff Reynolds and Fern Linden. Mm-hmm. So Lydia Chambers, if you remember right back to the very beginning of the year, was that naughty scallywag who was um, trying to make out that the relationship between her and Adam was a little bit more intense than it actually had been. She's very minxy. She's very devious. Um, who can forget that scene where Adam Barlow ended up going over the edge of the balcony thanks to Lydia? Um it's been a while since she appeared on the show, so I don't know whether that's going to count against her, but if you remember that story with um, Lydia, <clears throat> Sarah Louise and Madalin back at the beginning of the year, you may well want to cast your vote for Lydia. Um, Henry Thorne as well, another name that some people might be kind of going, who, who on earth was that? But if you remember, he was the doctor that had, or the surgeon that had done Peter's liver surgery last year. And we had that great story that ran for just a few weeks, really, um, back in the springtime, where it turned out that he'd been taking bets on Peter's liver transplant and how quickly he could get it done. And he was being very disrespectful to his patient, although it was kind of funny as well. Taking photos. Yeah, for his social um, media. Foie gras, anyone. Yeah, and um, awakening Peter to a lifetime of um, 
being oppressed because of his class. Yeah, he hadn't that. realized up until he got to the age of do whatever he is now. But the actor who played Henry Thorne was absolutely brilliant. He he was a really make your skin crawl kind of guy, wasn't he? I know, and he's also they one cast of these him perfectly actors who really feels like he's just a, an evil consultant that they just happened to find outside. Yeah the studio and he just was saying what he would normally say in real life. I'm, I'm <laughs> He's really great. He just was so perfect as that egotistical, smarmy, yeah. upper class uh, yeah. twonk. Yeah, thinking that yeah he was better than everyone so he could make fun of them. And, I was, I was, <clears> go on. One of the most interesting things about his character, to me really, is I feel like he kind of won. Because he buggered off to Florida. I think he did, and I didn't think he, if I remember right. I don't think Peter the, ever got revenge on him. Well, the story kind of petered out, pardon the pun, <laughs> um, a little bit sooner than I thought it would mm. do. So, you know, maybe we haven't seen the last of Henry Thorne, I don't know. I think maybe he's going to get eaten by an alligator in you Florida. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll find out. Okay. Um, Stephen Reed next. Oh. Now, before this year, not in the programme and certainly not a villain. No, definitely not. But he has been <laughs> reimagined for the... For the new millennium of um, us just adoring serial killers. Not yeah. that he's a serial killer. Not that he's what we keep thinking that. But you, you, know, you just think that there's <clears> another one on the horizon, don't you? But yeah, he is responsible, <clears> I guess, <throat> for Leo's death. And um, with all the sneaking around, trying to sell Audrey's house from underneath her. Now he's trying to get his hands on <clears throat> Elaine's money. Mm. Uh, lying to people. Flashing the cash he doesn't have. Getting into fights. Um, definitely, definitely a villain. A lily-livered, whiny, wheedling kind of coward of a man, but also very dangerous mm. too. And I worry about Gabrielle. Oh, me, absolutely. <clears throat> and that that scene that we saw filmed back in August, where he was dragging Leo's body into the <clears throat> van, that was you know one of the scenes of the another year, one of those fab. physically challenging roles. That, um, I think he did a fantastic job in. Then we've got Griff. Now you, you know. He's definitely evil. He's a racist. He could be a terrorist. We don't know what he's up to, mm. but he is planning something big. And I think that we've yet to see his final form when it comes to evilness. Yeah. But he's certainly been antagonistic enough as it is already. And a massive groomer as well. Yeah. You know, we, the last kind of major grooming story we had was obviously Nathan and Bethany a good five or so years ago. And although this isn't exactly in the same way, I think he's been doing a really great job at um, in, you know being believable in enticing Max into the world of his right-wing extremism. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a, he can be a scary dude. Very sinister. Very sinister. But he's also got that charisma about him mm. that you can see how someone like Max might fall for his yes. rhetoric. Absolutely. Then we've got Fern Linden we less, mentioned less her sinister. before. Just um just a you know low level blackmailer and a trifling hoe. A fun villain. <laughs> yeah I love her. I I I really um the 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 middle class, upper class villains have come out this year, haven't they? Yeah, they really, really have, haven't they? And yeah. A lot of them are motivated by money, which is definitely what Fern was after, um, f- to try to frame Bernie. Yeah. Um, I just think she was great. She, she was again, very charismatic. Fun. Yeah, really fun, light-hearted storyline. Bernie's fantastic. So them playing together, um, doing impressions of each other, and mm. doing it really well. 
I just thought, yeah. what an inspired idea. Well done. I thought it was a great idea for a story. <clears throat> so I really, really did. And also, she must. she's so game too, to come back to the show to be a doppelganger for another character. Yeah. And pull it off so well too, because who knew she was so good at impersonating <laughs> Bernie Winters? <laughs> right, next up, we have got the Our Kid Award for Best Young Character. And, um, you know, we do like to give a shout out to all our younger cast members on Coronation Street because I think they have got some awesome children and teenagers who are, you know, taking on some fairly heavy lifting this year, actually, and yeah, last year. more so than ever before in, in the terms of the grand scheme of Coronation Street. Yeah, it seems Street. to be that that's what Ian McLeod is after. More balanced across the ages. In fact, you know, there have definitely been arguments that it's more too focused on the younger characters. Um, to the detriment maybe of some other age groups, but these character, these young act- actors are incredibly strong, very talented, and they've had some great storylines they've done a really good job with. So who have we got on our shortlist? We've Gemma? got Hope Stape, Sam Blakeman, Max Turner, Kelly Nealon, and Joseph Brown. So there are some people on there who, who aren't on there because the actors are a bit older. Well, even, you know, Paddy Beaver is not a not a child anymore. Kelly Neal, uh, Millie Gibson is entirely who plays Kelly, but she was at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's interesting. Usually there are more you know, pre-adult, like actual teenager characters that we can put into this our kid category. Like but they're kind of, kids, yeah. you know, when we, when we could have Ardy and, and Asher and, and everyone, <clears> but they're <throat> kind of ageing them out. And out of the younger characters, graduated. it's really hope and Sam, who are kind of bringing up the, 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 the younger ones who are having major roles. I mean, you've got Joseph there, um, who I actually think is pretty decent. Um, he had this story at the beginning of the year where he was feeling a bit neglected and he, he ran away and then he wanted to go to Portugal with his mum. He felt like, you know, the quads were taking all the Gemma and Chesney's time. And he's actually a bit of a sweetie, isn't he? He's kind of very soft spoke, softly spoken, a kind of a, a good boy. And, um, yeah, everybody needs a little good sweet boy to be in the show, don't they? Yeah. Like Joseph, he's cute. I think, I think over the next few years we're going to see more and more of him, um, I imagine. And, well, um, he's got a tragic past, so yeah, that's what, what that's better what... way to, to <laughs> have a character on Corey? So Hope, I mean, people have loved Hope, particularly in her uh, most recent incarnation, played by um, Isabella Flanagan. And um, just because they like the idea of a psycho kid, and I think that on the whole she does do a... a great job of um of just carrying out that role of being sinister a, bit, and, a little um, bit and um I mysterious to say the wrong word yeah <clears throat> i don't want to be a you bad mouthed kid it, yeah exactly. well, she's not a real she's not she's a real not person real. it's a fictional character there are there's a whole genre of movies about scary children that's why we've got you know like the omen and things like that she's disturbed isn't she disturbed child um with a very uh Sad, sad background, but she's not really sad about it, is she? She's kind of enjoying. No, she's loving it, re- reconnecting with the her dad. The of it and learning all about little women, which I think I love for her. <laughs> she was also involved in the Joseph storyline at the beginning of the year as she's well. She's just a meddler. She's a she's a Machiavellian, tiny little pint-sized terrorist. Yeah, and as much as I love Fizz and Tyrone, she has absolutely got them round her little finger. She really has, and it's actually really, it's kind of cathartic for me, because I really hate the idea that Fizz has taken that dog Tyrone back, so (laughs) knowing that Karma's going to bite them in the the bum in the form of hope, then kind of just giving me 
<laughs> relaxing feelings. Um, what more can you say about <laughs> Sam Blakeman that hasn't been said already? Uh, with with a lot of these young characters, you, you know, go through periods a... of time without seeing them because the, the children have got to be doing their learning. But when he's been in the show, he's been great, particularly the Harvey stuff recently. The chess storyline, maybe not wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, although it did kind of introduce the character of what was she called Janelle was it or Janela or something also the, the the girlfriend potentially of Sam and I think that there's still definitely some untapped uh, potential there but um, he's just you know he's he's such a bright cookie isn't he such a smart cookie um, I really think that this category is one of the most difficult categories to decide who should yeah. win here because you got Hope who I love for for her. Um, evil evil ways you've got sam who is just so talented the actor and he's such a vulnerable sweet and endearing personality then you've got max turner who is um you know carrying one of the biggest stories in the year so far the racist storyline he's he's kind of like our in to the world of griff and his um you know what what his ideas are and mm. what he's going to get up to. But was, we've, he's I mean, even before that though we had all the <clears> stories <throat> with him getting kicked out of school, going to the pro. Um, yeah, having he, to defend himself, being bullied, and oh, the, being the, trolled. The scene as well when, when he breaks into um, a trim up north and ends up slicing his groin up and is bleeding yes. out on the street. Oh my gosh! And, and he's done a really fantastic he's job. Had a and big you know, year. Max is actually only sixteen, isn't he? So yeah. he's a lot younger than I keep remembering that he is. Yeah. Uh, but um, he's, well, Paddy he's himself is a few years older. Yeah, he's but, uh, playing him very well. He is, and, 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 and a big turnaround for me actually, because I, I wasn't sure when he first came in, and he is. The character is quite different from Harry McDermott's portrayal of him, but I'm I'm really on board with he's Paddy's very, Max now. Actually, very much like Hope, he's troubled and he reacts to things in a negative way mm. that makes him, that kind of causes more trouble for him, and it can be difficult to sympathise with characters like that sometimes. But I think Paddy Beaver's very charismatic. And he plays it in a way that you kind of sometimes feel really, really sorry for him, even when he's doing quite dastardly things. Yeah, I mean, he gets pushed down the stairs, doesn't he? I know. He's he's had a rough he's had a rough year this year. Yeah, a bit of a meddler, but he's got a real vulnerability to him. Um, he's trying to be tough, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he yeah and, uh, he's trying he's to find a bit his of a way. Sweetie, really, and which Max which Max always was. He was always a sweetheart of a character when he was a little boy. It's a different. It's a very interesting. Um, you know. Uh, character arc for him because he's becoming a man he's, he's, he's not a child anymore really and he's not really an adult and this is his coming of age story and it can all go very horribly horribly wrong at this point so we're watching him struggle with these with who he is and what he stands for and being seduced by the dark side. And there's the relationship between him and his dad as well, yeah. you know, following in a way in his father's footsteps and the uh, the troubled teen kind of sense. So, um, yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch him. And then Kelly Nealon, of course, we've already spoken a lot about. I mean, she's there in the top lass category. So what more is there to say if somebody so young can make it into the, the best actress category, to be honest? Yeah, she's frighteningly talented. Yeah, yeah. Really fascinating character huge loss to the show I mean I, but she's not in it anymore so yeah. um, those are our our kids what a bunch of reprobates they are eh <laughs> yeah they actually are they're all actually. up to no good apart they're from all... Sam and they're Joseph oh, as well Joseph ran 
away. He tried to make everyone think he was dead. Yeah, and he did a seance as well. And he did a seance. And he was <laughs> trying to eat biscuits before dinner. <laughs> What's next? Right Laugh Award. This is for the funniest character. Coronation Street prides itself on being humorous. And they have some very strong comedic performers and some great scripts for those characters. So our nominees this year are Jeff Allahan, Bernie Winter, Shona Platt, Evelyn Plummer, and Glenda Shuttleworth. So some old favourites there, and then a new entry in the form of Glenda. She's mainly made a big impression on people. Um, she's just got that really real relaxed cabaret kind of entertainer, you know, just chilled out kind of funny, wry, observational humour yeah. sometimes. And she also loves a bit of a gossip, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Evelyn Plummer, who, of course, what a, a legend... She yeah. is with her put downs and her withering looks. We've missed her um, this year. She hasn't been in it quite as much as, Not as much, she has previously. And there's definitely been a few times where I've thought, oh, God, I wish Evelyn was there. But what well, at least we did get this year <clears throat> with some great scenes with Evelyn and Mimi, Phil's mum, mm-hmm. which we sorely missed this time last year when Mimi was brought into the show, but Maureen Lippman wasn't. Um, it wasn't there at the time. So she she's been awesome, and um, yeah, she's she's. She's one of these comedic characters that can also do serious really, really well as well. The relationship yeah. that she has with, with Tyrone, her grandson, is just brilliant. But yeah, love her. Absolutely love her. Shona Platt, of course. She just grows on me every year. I think she's... I can't remember whether we've nominated Julie Shona Golding Platt for is, Right Laugh before. It feels really like they've worked out what to do with Shona. Because I was always quite sceptical of her. I thought she was a bit dull. I didn't really like her with David, but now I absolutely love her. I think she's brilliant. She's ditzy. She's got this weird backstory that she's shot in a box. And so you can't trust anything <coughs> she says. And she'll just come out with any old nonsense or say, say, say what's on her mind without really censoring herself, which I think is really fun. And they do, uh, they use it really well. And, um, but, and and she's fun. They don't make her out to be an idiot. That's the thing. She's she's not. A, she's not. She's actually talking more sense than a lot of people. Yeah, she's she just, just says how it is. Yeah, exactly. I've loved her watching Max grow up and seeing everything that he's going through. You know, recently we saw her making fun of the fact he had a girlfriend and everything. Just giving her a gentle ribbon and everything. Quite a lot of the time, it's um, Julie Goulding's reactions to things or her expressions or kind of silly faces that she pulls that really yeah. makes Shona such a comedic character and so much fun to watch. Yeah, she's she's really fun to watch. You're absolutely right. Bernie, Bernie of course, she, <laughs> she's been great with this Fern storyline. Um, I think she just, she's got great timing. She is one of these whimsical characters that Corey likes to do where you, you don't really take her seriously. She's not like, she's not one of these characters that really feels like a real person. The same as Dev. Um, but they, they're they larger than life and they're very colourful and I think that she does a fantastic job with making Bernie really kind of um, just engaging, isn't she? She mm. just feels like uh, she has a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And Dev, um, obviously, love him in the shop. I would, uh, he Just the way they've morphed him, as we've said in previous years, into this um, embarrassing dad has been brilliant. Jimmy um, Hargishan's performance as Dev is one of the most unique, like, performances, I think, on television. Like, <laughs> like Dev is just nuts, isn't he? He's so... Oh, I'm I'm losing the ability to describe things because I'm also quite unwell at the moment. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that. Jem is also sick. <laughs> but you guys know how much I love Dev. I love his delivery of lines. And I think it's that kind of, like, big... 
I don't know, musical, um, silly. He can just do over the top very well without feeling too over the well, top. Well, I think a lot of people find, you know, would would say that they find it, it, his performance is too big. But I say no, you can never go too big with Dev. Not with him, you can't. There are other characters you can. We don't have Mary on our list here. We don't have Brian on the list here. I think sometimes they do take it a little bit too far. They're directed now to take I it think too far. Dev but... would be fantastic in the play storyline. I think they're missing Dev there because I think yeah. he's great. Also, really still loving his relationship with Ardy and Asher, but that hasn't been developed as much this year. No. Um, and he also showed us his dark side, you know, when he was furious uh, over Ardy's involvement in Kelly's uh, leaving story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great at he's both of them. So dark when he really wants to be but that kind of funny goofy um you know when he got drunk this year or was it last year? i can't remember i think i just i'm just love dev so much he has to be on the list every <laughs> year because he's so funny next up we have got the lo love award for best <clears throat> new couple thank you coronation street for always providing us with at least five new couples every year so that <laughs> we can we can include them in our award nomination so Gemma, shortlist this year civu play we've got bernie winter and dev allahan Amy Barlow and Jacob Hay, Ardy Allahan and Kelly Nealon, Yasmin Azir and Stu Carpenter, and everyone's favourite. Come on, they're going to win this. Summer Spellman and Aaron Sanders. <laughs> well, you know what? Say what you like about. The world there for them. Say what you like about Summer and Aaron. They do kind of seem like they're made for each other. They're they're both kind of drippy, aren't they? Are they not like the biggest couple this year? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, they're certainly the couple out of all of these that I'd say have had the most screen time together and yep. the biggest storyline about being a couple. You know, she's got pregnant, she's lost the baby. They're trying to get money to pay off his dad's um, rehab and everything. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think they're pretty well suited, actually. Um, and She's maybe been a little bit too... Um, you know, he's been, he's stepped back a little bit, hasn't he? Like, she's been making these big decisions without him and he's just been standing there going, oh, I suppose we can lie a little bit longer. Oh, but he's trying his best. Young love, young love. Um, I, I think we definitely might have some Summer and Aaron fans who are going to want to vote <clears> for them. Um, we've <clears> also got, I mean, I, I think a really popular couple that have come out of this year, Amy and Jacob, don't think that they've had very many stories, unfortunately. They kind of put them together back in the springtime, didn't they? They had that lovely scene with, with the two of them having a romantic um, uh, picnic in a boat. If you, do you remember that one? Of course I do. And uh, that, that was lovely. They've, they've had them move out together. So they're all set up for, hopefully, a big storyline in 2023. But, I mean, I, I think that Amy Barlow particularly is absolutely fab. Jacob Hayes, very popular as well. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of... Um, a lot of room for development there, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, how they go in, in next year. We've also got another young couple here, Ardy Allahan and Kelly Nealon, oh, Romeo and Juliet. Didn't Coronation last Street. long. Uh, luckily, neither of them died, but it was a pretty close call, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I did you say that, but I definitely got very strong Nina and Seb vibes from oh, yeah. these two. It yeah, was... it was hot, passionate, and over very quickly, just like <laughs> Nina and Seb were. We we really got invested, and we were asked to invest by Coronation Street in this in this couple. Very sweet, they um, were mega really sweet. intense with each other. Very naive and and. Um, sweet with each other kind yeah, of very uh, very optimistic Artie's always been a, a popular one I, I kind of imagine with like with like the mums and the grandmas because he's a, he's a real young gent of a boy isn't he and um, yeah he just kind of fell very quickly head over heels in love with with Kelly after the storyline where they were pretending to get married so that they could win the competition <clears throat> for the holiday but... I thought it, I just really like uh, the dynamic too and 
it's a real shame that Coronation Street never really got to explore it any further because Kelly left the show. But yeah. the idea of this, you know, boy, private, was he privately educated? For bits of it, he was. <clears throat> Golfing prodigy with a dad who owns multiple businesses who, you know, Silver Spoon in his mouth a little, as far as Coronation Street characters can, oh, can yeah. go, really. Then you've got Kelly, who was passed from pillar to post, although she still had fairly... Um, middle class upbringing as far as money goes because of all the nefarious deeds her dad got up to. But just this idea of like this kind of scruffy orphan child (laughs) sniffing around this kind of posh boy and um, her dad, his dad dawning on him that actually this scruffy orphan's about to inherit quite a lot of money and actually doesn't need to sponge yeah. off of this his This scruffy son. orphan who was responsible for that <clears throat> nasty video of Asher going online, lest we forget. Mm. But um, yeah, she, she, they've, they've been great together and you know, he took a bullet for her. So that's got to say something about the power of their power um, of love. companionship. I also, both both those characters have a real soft spot for both Me of too. them. Yeah. Then we've got Bernie Winton, Dev Alhan. Same kind of deal here. So I've got a soft spot for both of the characters. I was kind of thrilled when they got together. Yeah, because they've, like... been, they've been like, although they're L L O love, they have been together in a way in previous years. But it's this year when Dev kind of finally... Stop just saying, oh, you know, she's she's just a bit of fun and sort of decided, yeah, decided oh, I want to make a, a go of it with her. Very unconventional romance, these two. And again, you know, scruffy verse. You know, it's kind of like Lady in the Tramp, but the lady is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I really like it. I, I like the way that they're not putting, making things too serious. I like the way they're kind of both playing it cool. And um, I think that they could bring a lot of joy to each other's lives. Yeah. But I, w- I want to know where this goes. Yeah, me too. Because it's um, in another case to put them together. What's next? Yasmin and Stu, again, this feels like this was inevitable. We've waited a long time for this. They still feel to me like they're platonic friends. But they had a kiss. So they're definitely dating and they share a bed. So mm-hmm. at last. At last, they're together. Because they, they took a, they've had a few bumps in the road on the way, haven't they? Because poor <laughs> Yasmin's still coming down from all the um, everything that Jeff put her through. So she's been somewhat mistrustful of other men. But um, I think now she's finally realised that Stu really is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't murder that girl. He didn't murder her after all. That's um, all right then. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully he's going to do a lot of good for her because, you know, after Jeff after Sharif, who was also a bit of a nasty piece of work in some ways. I think she's finally bagged a good one here. Well, they're both decent people, and they're both yeah. caring and community-minded, and I think that... Happy ending They for could her. be a Cory Power couple. Hopefully, hopefully. Speaking of power, Eki Thump, Gemma. Next one is our award for the best scuffle, which has been renamed again this year. It's been best fight in the past. It's been best, um, best uh, punch. punch in the past as well. But... There haven't been too many fights this year, but there have been other things. There have that been I think, other violent stunts. Yeah, so this yeah scuffle is is the word that you came up yeah. with to describe this. So do you go through the nominations and see how they all fit together? Now you can watch the videos for these somewhere. I don't know. Um, I know. haven't. I have not put links up for these anywhere. They're all on YouTube. I I don't know whether I can put them on them. I'll figure something out. Um, Tyrone and Phil's Christmas Day fight. So a 2021 um, scene, but was a bit too late to make last year's awards. So this was when they were at the height of their um, rivalry <laughs> over Fizz. And they ended up just having a good old scuffle in the street. Um, Tyrone tweaking his nipples, going after each other with water guns that belonged to um, the siblings. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun Christmas Day rompy fight. 
And um, it's out of all of these, it was the, the scrappiest scrap of them all. We've got Peter punching Henry Thorne at the hotel. This is when he was having his fancy dinner with a posh friend of his and Peter comes in and Thorne tries to humiliate him by, uh, you know, Just looking being down rude, on him and being, being rude smart, about yeah, him. Like and, we were saying yeah. earlier. And uh, so Peter gives him a punch. Yeah, I think uh, lots of people, um, lo- lots of viewers were uh, Quite cheered. Cathartic. Peter on for that one. I think that became as a well-deserved sock in the face. Then we've got Lydia pushing Adam over the balcony in the shopping centre. He lands on the coffee shop right in front of, of Daniel. Uh, that was quite exciting. That was a good stunt. It was a good stunt. He ends up but... in hospital. Yeah, but only for a little bit. You know what it's like in Coronation Street. But yeah, there was definitely a bit of a tussle and a scuffle up above on the balcony before he went over. And um, he certainly made a thump sound as he hit the ground there. So uh, I think definitely deserving of an Eki Thump nomination for our criteria this year, at least. Then we've got Leo and Stephen scuffle on the gantry. Now, this was fairly significant because it led to Leo's death. It wasn't really a fight, but it definitely was um, an incident. Yeah, it was a physical altercation That's right. between Leo Tompkins and Stephen Reed. And, and uh, Stephen came off better. Launched the villain in the making. Well, it so. launched him over the edge and into yeah. that bin. And there were some really good um, camera effects too. Lots of good camera work that. there. Really great, uh, really great scenes surrounding that incident. So I like that one. Then we got Daniel pushing Max down the stairs. <coughs> and I think this is one for all the teachers. <laughs> No, we don't all want that. to push children Can't downstairs. Can't say that. Don't no, think I would. Daniel um, caught Max in his flat and um, he yeah. flat, uh, Max is trying to run away and then Daniel just shoves him and yeah, you know, he, he ends up falling down. Yeah, he's broken that clay handprint thing of his, <laughs> of his and Sinead's and yeah. Bertie's handprints, hadn't he? So obviously destroying something there, quite precious to Daniel. This is when Daniel realised that the stresses, stresses of teaching were not for him. Yeah, and he, he was still only on his training at this point, wasn't he? Yeah, you he, get in trouble he, for he that. Didn't, he didn't make it into the world of teaching for, for very long. And yeah, he kind of pushes him and he trips over something at the top of the stairs, doesn't he? And there were an awful lot of people I think watching him thinking yeah that Max deserves it well but I I think since then Max has redeemed himself somewhat in the eyes of some viewers yeah but now he's back down on the trajectory to I think sometimes we we're a bit too quick to excuse Max for the way where the path he's going down at the the moment there's certainly arguments to be made about how you know how easy it is to groom and how vulnerable he is but also you know. He's got ADHD though, Gemma. Decent I mean. people don't <laughs> make propaganda films for racists. No, or try it. and or try and drug their teacher at the uh, at the school dance or anything like that. Was that this year as well? I can't remember. No, no, that was, that was towards the <coughs> end of last year. That was the ice ball, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah, so that's why that's Daniel all. pushed him, because he was just a little scrape. Yeah, so but little um, did he know how much of a scrape he turned into be. Yeah, very interesting. I'm not sure, <coughs> you know, some of the other ones I get an idea about who I think might do well. Not sure about this one, because there are some very memorable scenes there. Mm, yeah, definitely. Tara. Tara Award for the best exit. And sadly, we had to say some goodbye to some really cracking oh characters. Oh my this gosh, year. this year, Coronation Street, what are you doing to me? Getting rid of some real favourites of mine and also Leo. Ah, uh, but also, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've got Imran Habib, Leo Tompkins, Laura Nealon, Kelly Nealon, oh, the Nealons, and Emma Brooker. Now, um, Emma, you probably kind of has faded from memory because this happened right at the beginning of the year 
when she yeah, ran off to, time, to Australia with, with John. John after having killed his granddad. So I think for the exit <clears> itself, she, she, you know, she had a back of the taxi exit. She had the McDonald's wavering her as she went. But she went out on a high, didn't she? Because for whatever reason, John decided that he was going to forgive her for her involvement in his granddad's death. And it was just a nice positive send-off, which I think, you know, sometimes you need that in the in the soap. It can't yeah, all be murders was, and falling off buildings and everything. She was a very bubbly character and she had a really nice upbeat ending. So that's good. Imran, though, not so, not so nice, was it? It was a stunt um, episode. Uh, Toya crashed them both into, a flashback. Into, a car, into a wall in the car. Then he tried to heroically escape. He rescued her before dying of an undiagnosed heart condition. <laughs> and uh, having the world's most useless paramedic yeah, try to revive him. That paramedic, tell you what, it was tantamount to murder, I tell you. But and that this was, was also... a shocking one because we knew, well, we knew that he was evil, <coughs> but we didn't know whether he was going to die or not. We thought, is he, is he going to steal Alfie away? I was away? hoping that he wouldn't, but, you know, it's one of yeah. those things. It felt a bit like what they did with um, with Rana, where they thought, well, this, this, we've built this romance up, we've got these characters, and the, the way the the character would have to leave doesn't make any sense for what we know about them as a person. I can't see Imran having run away with a baby. No. So, the only way They I did turn death. him into a bit of a wrong one, didn't they? You know, that <coughs> line, about his, um, line about Abby in court. But the other thing I enjoyed about this, because it was on the Britain's Got Talent week, is that, was it at the end of the first or the second episode? I can't remember. We get to see the crashed car or something yeah they did a flash forward didn't they at the beginning of the week and then we had to piece the week together and it ended with this mega cliffhangery flashback on friday it was actually really arty and well done and um and a bit of a different style of storytelling for coronation street because um yeah we got the the flash back forward and then we um we also had the bits which linked to his exit where toya kind of remembers things and um, that was all very intriguing. And then decides not to tell the complete truth in court, but that that's for another day, I think, to discuss that. this one. Leo Tompkins. Oh, yes. This was... This was um, it was worth keeping him in just Very for special for us, because we got to see the aftermath of Stephen, uh, as we watched the filming of them dragging... Of, um, Todd, Todd Yeah, dragging, <laughs> dragging the mannequin who was represented Leo. So it was really exciting for us because we knew this was coming and we were so thrilled because we love Good Murder on Coronation Street. And um, poor Leo now is dead. Do you think this was the best exit in Coronation Street this year? Well, you're going to have to vote for it if you Just do. Just everything around it. You know, the fall, the next day where <coughs> Stephen's <coughs> looking up at it and there's the arty shot yeah. of Leo falling towards him still. The dragging the body, that Matt was a Hilton brilliant directed. scene. Yeah. It, it was really great stuff. And the fact that it was Leo who, you know, was the dullest character on Coronation Street. It just made it all... Everything combined together makes that a really, really memorable exit. Another memorable exit, Laura Nealon. Now, if you had told me at any point before this year that when Laura dies, I'd be sad and affected mm. in some way, I wouldn't have believed you because Laura was always very much out for herself. She screwed up... Um, the, the stuff with um, Kelly in the trial, saying she was scared of her kid and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, she I really, was really not a, a Laura really Neelan fan. Really bad mum. She was very chubby, really hard to like. Um, she wasn't supposed to be likeable at all, but then she returned with stomach cancer, knew she was dying and tried to redeem herself. And uh, she uh, said that she had killed Rick... Um, 
Yes. Instead of instead of Gary and died knowing the, the secret, and Kelly refused to speak to her because she thought that she was a murderer, and then uh, ran to her bedside too late, crawled all over a corpse, crying everywhere. I think that's what we're voting for here. If you're picking Laura, it's the it's the manner in which she kind of took took the blame for for Rick's death. So really therefore, heroic it was mega tragic because Kelly didn't want to know her and then that that final scene where yeah like you said she's dead on the bed kelly's crawling all over her really really great scene for the year absolutely very fabulous. very memorable and talking of kelly she's also left we got to see her stand in front of the <coughs> volume wall um and which was expensive so you might want to give him a, a vote for that mm. and the the circumstance was very dramatic she hired a pair of goons to get her revenge on gary she found out that laura didn't kill her dad it was actually gary so she tried to Get him off. bumped off. But then they turned on her when she changed her mind. They all ran up to the roof and uh, there was a very dramatic armed standoff. She was standing on the edge of the... uh, Knocking bottles off left, right and centre. Nearly nearly fell to her death. Ardy saved her life by jumping in front of a bullet. Very, very dramatic. And then we got those great scenes back at the front <clears throat> before she made, before she walked off with just her and Gary mm. and kind of realising that she can't stay there anymore. That, that was a brilliant, and it, you brilliant know, final scene between them. Another happy ending, really, in a similar kind of way to Emma, but very, very twisted in that she just walked off with a bag of cash. Yeah, but, you know, she's she's still got that secret of Gary. So even though she's going to be exploring the depths of space and time over the next few years, it wouldn't surprise me completely if we do get to see uh, Kelly would, at some point in the future. I think I would absolutely love to see her back. Um, but for now, she's not in the show. And if you liked her exit, then vote for it. Next one we've got is the Bayek Award. This is probably our favourite category. The best shock yes, twist. Because we don't like spoilers and we do like to be taken by surprise by things happening in Coronation Street, which happens every now and then. So this is the category, not necessarily for the most shocking thing, but for yeah, for the shocking, most shocking twist. And we try and put things in here that aren't revealed in the press before broadcast. And that's always difficult because there's always, you know spoilers and leaks and, and, and things like that and that don't intend to come clues. out. But um, I think I've got five here, or we've got five here that do count. <clears throat> the first one we've got is Abby goes into labour. She'd been partying away with um, with her ex, hadn't she? Drugging it up. Drugging it up in number Boozing 13. Yeah, snorting lines off a picture of, was it Jack, I think? And um, right. then he takes her out. I can't even remember why they went now. I'll have to think back to this. Into the, into the countryside. And, and I'd seen pictures of her out there alone in the country, but I don't think I'd realised this is actually her giving birth. Birth. We'd of course theorised that she was pregnant. She and Imran had had conversations about the pregnancy, and, and she was, and she'd, you know, early on in the year said, "No, you don't need to worry about it. I'm fine." So, by the time she gave birth, it was a shock to the audience, a shock to Abby, and a big old shock to Imran when that came out. But there were some fab scenes there, and I remember her trying to like flag down a driver going past. She actually, and... um, she drove a car into a. Through a wall, through a oh yeah, she did and she? crashed. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about that. She was but... very heroic. This was very shocking, and the, the hospital scenes, you know, the babies, you know, not doing so well. It was just brilliant. You know, Sally Carmen is one of the best actresses on the show, so um, really unsurprising great. that that had a big impact. Then we've got Laura confessing to Rick's murder. Just spoken about this being a, being arrested. Cry. She was. I tell you what, Cal Allen just knocked it out of the park. With yeah, this. for for such a minor character, 
she she, she took did. on those scenes and did fabulously. She was so utterly convincing as Laura crying, like knowing that she was lying, but she and she's crying and you know why she's crying. She's not crying because she did it. She's crying because she knows what this means for her and her relationship yeah, with Kelly. her daughter. Oh, such fantastic, heartbreaking, yeah. shocking twist. We've been waiting for Gary to yeah, you know, for someone to find out about Gary being responsible for Rick's death <clears> for a long time. And yeah, for Laura to take the blame there again, knowing that she would possibly be taking his secrets to the grave. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Also, I did not I did not see this coming. Also sacrificing her final days. She didn't know how long she had left, like giving up the opportunity to to spend it peacefully at home or in the hospice yeah. or somewhere. Like being arrested. Yeah. She oh, didn't know whether they were going to leave her in a cell or if they were going to put her in the hospital or what. So it's mm-hmm. really, really brave and really well acted. Then we've got Imran and Toya's crash. Didn't see this one coming, but Toya did because she drove into the wall on purpose. <laughs> we we had a feeling. I mean, you know, they had the trailer beforehand, didn't they? There was a burning car in <clears> it. We were thinking, oh, what's going to happen? Or is it going to be Abby in the car crash? We didn't know exactly how it was going to play out. Although knowing that it was, you know, Charlie DeMello, who plays in Rand's final episode, we thought it might not be great for him. But um, <laughs> yeah, oh, what a, what a huge scene. Um, very, very sad that that's how it went. But um, yeah, there was some really spectacular stuff, you know, all the all the scaffolding coming down and there and everything. And um, yeah, I think it made a lot of uh, lot of viewers quite sad. I think it was quite heartbreaking for them to see poor Imran go Absolutely. off like this. Then we've got Ardy being shot. This was shocking. Um, he was shot on against the volume wall, so very dramatic and expensive. Up on the roof, wasn't he, in Manchester? Sac- nearly sacrificed his life for the for the girl that he loves. Mm. Um, very heroic, very sweet. I mean, they're, they're, again, we knew about this one because we'd heard about it when we were there um, in August, and I saw some people kind of theorising that was Ardy going to get killed off, but um, because they, especially with the hints about how tragically perfect this relationship with Kelly was was turning out to be. Uh, but yeah, having him jump out there doing his no in front of the bullet, I think uh, for a lot of people that came out of nowhere because we didn't know that Ardy was on the roof, did we? He no, kind of snuck up there when, yeah. when Gary went up. Now, the final one we've got here is Stephen killing Leo. What more could we say about this? This was one of our well, greatest moments <laughs> in Coronation Street this year. As far as I'm concerned, I really enjoyed it. It was shocking. Nobody could have predicted that Stephen would end up being a murderer. No. And uh, definitely Leo wasn't really on the horizon until no, a couple of weeks before. No, what I was a little bit disappointed <clears throat> with, with the publicity of this, is that in the previews for the episodes after it, it was like, oh, Leo's mysteriously disappeared. Where's he gone? He has a confrontation with Stephen on the balcony. So I did see some people putting two and two together. It's a shame. I'd rather this had been completely kept under wraps because when we found out that this was happening back in August, you know, our jaws hit the floor. Yeah, so what you want to do with this category is vote for the one that genuinely took you by surprise. I think so. The um, one that gave you the biggest jaw-dropping Bayek moment. Really, that's what soaps... One of the things that we want soaps to do is to give us that real moment of... And, and they need to do this too. A, a moment of thinking, I'm glad I watched this because I didn't want this to be spoiled for me. Um, this is mm. amazing and, and unexpected. And, and I want to talk dramatic. to other watchers about other yeah. viewers about it. And I think all of those um, five things that happened there were certainly big talking points at the time. Yes. Uh, is this our final? This is our final award for the night. Our final set of nominations. 
This is the Lats Champion Award for the best storyline. And the nominees for this one are Abby and Imran, Abby, Imran and Toya's baby drama, Max's grooming, Phil, Fizz and Tyrone's love triangle, Stephen turning killer and Kelly's exit. I think we've that? said quite a lot about all of these already. We have really. I mean, the Abby and Ran and Toya certainly was the major story in the first half of the year. Mm. Went off the boil maybe after then, but for um, you know the, the the spring to early summertime, this was certainly um, a huge, huge story and really I was invested in it big time. One thing I'll say about this category this year is that it doesn't really feel like a clear cut front runner like there normally is because there wasn't one big storyline for 2022. And the other thing I'll say about it is I feel like there's something for everybody here because we've got the love triangle stuff, which is more of the romance and the, that kind of like... Um, it's, the, it's the comedic side kind of, as well, exactly. Um, not With, sitcom. What do I mean? Well, it was a bit. Rom-com. Yeah, rom-com, that's what I mean. With then we got Phil and Ty. Max's Grooming, which was the real gritty kind of issues. realistic issues storyline. We've got the Abby and Ran and Toya's baby drama, which is more of a classic kind of soap situation where you've got very overwrought pers interpersonal um, relationships blowing up out of all proportion. Then we've got Stephen turning killer, which is your I like a murder on Coronation Street story. And then we've got Kelly. But all, with the Stephen turns killer as well. Sorry, it's also all the all the Audrey stuff as well, which I know a lot of people have really loved. It's difficult to kind of because there hasn't been the, the huge huge stories like you said. It's, a lot of them are kind of merging into each other, and this does, in my eyes, also include everything that's been going on with Audrey as well. Yeah, and then you've got Kelly's exit, which is. Um, another soap staple saying, saying goodbye to a very popular character in a really dramatic, stunty way. Yeah, and everything in that also includes, you know... The, Coming the, out about all the, the Gary, Gary stuff and, and, and yeah, Rick's knee. Yeah, yeah I, I'm including all of that in there. So you, you And even Rick appearing as a ghost. Oh, yeah, that, I'd forgotten about that. that too. And that was yeah. a really unusual choice for Coronation Street. They, ha they have had ghosts appear mm. in, um, in, in bodily form before, yes, interacting with people. Um, but never quite like that we saw with Kelly, where she he was basically manifesting as her um, evil. He was like, you're conscience. a kneeler, aren't you? Yeah. Basically, and what does that mean, and how are you going to react in this situation? And it was funny to see him back after such a long time, and also really quite funny that, that this was the first time that um, yeah. Millie, who played, he plays Kelly, had ever interacted with the actor who played her dad, Greg Wood. Yes, indeed. Uh, no, I think they might have had a photo taken right at the beginning, but yeah, this is the first scenes that they'd had together yeah. for sure, because Kelly obviously appeared after his death. <clears throat> um, there are lots of little storylines that I think are going to stick in people's memory this year as well for, for, for good reasons, but I think we had to pick the ones that we felt were the, the most major, long-lasting... Um, Big, most implications for yeah. the show. We haven't put Summer's storyline in here. Obviously, that was big as well. But um, Well, we also had to pick ones we like summer. too. So these are my five favourites, yeah, I think. I think so. And again, well. really, really difficult to pick here. Mm. I think one of the interesting bits, one of the interesting things to come out of this year is the fact that there was no major focus for one big mega storyline and then, you know, three or four sub stories throughout the year yeah. i don't know if that was on purpose i don't know if we've missed something or if it was lost in translation somewhere and one of these stories was actually supposed to be the a story but we've we've been spoiled with lots of smaller 
yet still quite dramatic storylines, but none of them have lasted the full 12 months. Yeah, exactly. Not like the um, Yasmin and Jeff story, for example, which or was running for two years. Platts and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. the drug it's been, stuff. There's been little Callum. bits here and there. Yeah, <coughs> so that is it. So get yourselves onto our social medias. Find our website. We... I don't know. I don't. I can't say the link here on the podcast because there's nothing quick and easy that you can find it with. But um, I'm sure that if you make search a bit, for a little me. bit, I might be able to make a bitly, but I'm not going to. I might go, on to your, go on to go on to Twitter. You'll find it. Go, go and to, vote. Yeah, go and vote. Vote once. Make sure that you get involved. It's really good fun. Please it's... share it as well. We want to have this retweeted all over the place. We were, every year. I'm like, I want to get more votes than last year. We we got a huge number of votes last year on yeah, this. So I don't know whether it's beatable, but yeah, yeah please vote. And if you share feel very it, strongly about, it. about a certain outcome, you need to manifest it by voting. Exactly. Now there is going to be one <clears> other <throat> award, as always, um, in the Conversation Street Awards, which is our Mad for It Award, um, where we um, give a Except shout out. Bribes. Now, no, we don't. I, I, we, we've kind of decided who's going to win this one. This is our listener of the year. It's um, uh, been put together in, memory, in, in memory of Tivor, Diane Williams, a good friend and um, very real big supporter support, of the show. Huge supporter of the podcast in its early days. He sadly passed away and it's, uh, a few um, years ago. A celebration of the fans of the show and of Coronation Street because really it's the fans that make the show and without you guys and without an audience for Coronation Street it just wouldn't happen would it? Exactly so, so um, we can't vote for that one that's just uh, down for me and Gemma to decide yeah. I think we know who we're going to go for <clears throat> but you will have to wait a couple of weeks to find out usually um, around um, Christmas Day-ish is when I stop the votes on here I'll put out messages on social media I don't know exactly um, so but, but get and vote as quick as you can but give it some thought yeah. Don't just, you know, don't go with your first gut, with your gut instinct. Well, I suppose you can vote for whoever you like, really. But um, you've got a little while if you're listening to this when it comes out. And um, I think the plan is that we'll be able to get this out by the end of the year. But there's there's a lot of Corian over Christmas and there's lots of other Christmassy things that we need to do because we don't just host podcasts. We have lives as well, believe it or not. Um, especially Gemma <laughs> and um, yeah so hopefully hopefully by new year we'll get the results out and maybe a few acceptance speeches or two like the oh, last year oh I really hope nice. we can get some this year I think some people might be too grand and big to, to do it now we but... have to see we have to see it all depends on who wins and, it um, does doesn't it yeah so get voting I hope I'm you... really excited with the nominees we've got this year there's so many great things that have happened in Coronation Street and there are some really really tough categories I'm really excited and the thing is about it is that some years when we put this stuff in I'm like I really hope this person doesn't win I really hope the storyline doesn't win there's nothing like that this year I think I'd be genuinely happy with almost anybody winning any of these categories because I've just really enjoyed it although you know from week to week we've <coughs> had our things to say about what we thought was going on but when you look back on it isn't it isn't it pretty neat when you highlight the good stuff that there's and that's what this show is about. stuff to celebrate exactly that's what, the, that's what the conversation street awards are for so please join us in celebrating your favorite bits of 2022 and we will see you for our normal episode of the podcast assuming that Gemma's health doesn't take a massive turn for the worse and I hopefully get a little bit better yeah we'll be back on Friday because it's not on the hub anymore it's back to normal schedules so um, yeah hopefully service will resume as normal well it won't actually because this week is probably the final week for us doing anything normal around the Christmas period you're going to have to just take us as That's you find true, us actually. over the next <laughs> couple that is of very, weeks very true. because we're going to be recording when we can in between things like Christmas and stuff yeah, like that. I'm sure so. you understand. Anyway, get out there and vote. 
You've probably done it already, to be honest. But if you haven't, go and do it now. And we will see you at the weekend. Ta-ra! Bye! The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.